Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Sam North, the new trading school lead here in the UK and today I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, who is our market analyst who is based in Australia. Thanks for joining Josh. Yeah, hi Sam, great to be here. Looking forward to this one today. Lots of good topics we're going to cover, so yeah, it should be good. Great to have you on board with us. Uh, I thought we could cover a few different market topics for our listeners today. And as always, we can kick off with a quick market update before getting your thoughts on the whole tech sell-off, diversification, inflation situation, and of course, touching upon many people's favorite subjects at the moment, crypto. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly been a, an interesting start to the year so far. Um, you know, we're, of course, seeing a huge amount of new investors into the market. And I think you say in terms of the market sell off, this is likely to be the first time a lot of investors are seeing, you know, sort of a sell off um, in this degree before, particularly if they only started investing sort of after March. Markets were pretty bullish until the start of this year, really, since that time. So I think it's the first time that people are really seeing this. So it's a great time to sort of cover diversification and, and obviously why we're seeing this sell off. You obviously mentioned that we can't go anywhere without talking about crypto um, and what a start to 2021 that's had. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting topic to cover. Yeah, insane start to the year. I'm sure our listeners will be looking forward to uh, your views on that. Um, following on from from last week's podcast, because I like the idea of there being a bit of continuity between them all. Um, following on non-farm payrolls last Friday we were expecting nearly a million new jobs which sounds insane and uh, well they missed 266,000 which Mm. is still incredible uh, to think of it obviously the whole pandemic situation has produced these numbers but uh, unemployment was slightly worse albeit participation rate was a tiny bit higher at 61.7%. Overall dollar weakness, stocks push higher. Not the case since then. In fact, uh, we have uh, we have been pushing down quite a bit. And, and certainly yesterday, I think NASDAQ was down at 1.2%, did recover a touch. Uh, but yeah, Monday sell-off was, was pretty much tech-led. Uh, and by the looks of it, yes, there was a bit more broad-based selling. But overall, tech has been the the main contributor to, to the downside moves. Uh, also, uh, well, today, later on today, it depends when our, our listeners are listening, of course, but we do have our, uh, the, well, the latest inflation reading out of the US uh, with the year on year figure expected at 3.6. Uh, and for the core inflation reading, that's expected at 2.3. Last time above 2% was 2020. So with that all being said, Josh, do you buy this whole inflation move? Yeah, I think at the moment it's more fear of increases that's you know affecting the market. Um, I think we're seeing that from obviously soaring commodity prices that are obviously sort of stoking those inflation fears as well. We can look at the broad Bloomberg Commodity Index um, as a bit of a guide that's up 20% year to date on the back of obviously recovering demand, those supply bottlenecks and obviously a weaker USD as well. I think if inflation continues at this rate, you know, obviously we'll be waiting to see, you know, how that sort of growth rate comes out today. Um, I think it, it continues to pick up, then I think investors should expect to see, you know, rates rise. I think that's that's quite evident. And the Nasdaq, obviously, as you mentioned, Sam rebounded well well after opening lower last night, softening the blow, you know, in the, in the short term. 
we can look at something like Kathy Wood, who's, who's from from Ark Invest. Obviously, you know, been really really popular over 2020 with with her ETFs. She's sort of come out in the last few days talking about how her fund deals with these market downturns in terms of you know dollar cost averaging, buying dips, you know, along the way. And she's actually faced a lot of criticism from Wall Street so far this year, obviously because her portfolio is pretty tech heavy. So. I think we can also look towards the Fed, you know, the, the Fed officials, you know, reassuring us that they would pursue a, a patient approach to adjusting the monetary policy in the face of obviously higher inflation and, and job gains. Again, we saw the weaker jobs data from Friday, which was was interesting as Nasdaq futures rallied shortly after before, as you mentioned, we saw the, the market tumble on Monday. And we're really in that Goldilocks scenario at the moment. You know, there are so many elements of a strong recovery. There's a lot of lots of fiscal stimulus, um, supportive monetary policy. You know, I think it's a fair assumption to say that we can expect to see, you know, bond yields to to continue to rise um, throughout the year. And again, we'll probably touch on it at the moment in a moment. But you know, I really think that you know investors, in terms of markets, they're looking at at the moment. Um, you know, have really got to be looking towards those cyclical stocks. You know, especially if this sort of inflation um, comes out as we expect today. So, yeah, no, it's, it's funny you mention. Uh, Kathy there she gets a lot of stick on on Twitter whenever I'm checking yeah. over especially when tech's down heavy it's always uh, quite interesting to to see that um, so with um, with with the questions we, we we've asked over recent weeks just about the whole diversification uh, what what sort of areas of the market do you think investors could be looking at or should be looking at have you got any opinion on that yeah, I think, look, what's happening right now really highlights, as I mentioned, that idea for, for diversification and ensuring that you aren't overexposed to one area of the market. You know, I think we could have all sort of been led astray slightly by sort of jumping on that those sort of growth in tech stocks throughout sort of 2020 and even early this year. You know, some of the rises that we saw from a lot of stocks, um, you know, things like Plug Power, those EV names, QuantumScape absolutely booming at the start of the year so you know most people were probably jumping on that so i think in terms of what we're seeing now again is that move towards cyclical stocks uh, you know clearly in focus you know with that rotation back to more traditional stocks i think probably a nice label is maybe things like mum and dad stocks you know financials energy you know they've had a huge start to the year um, the xle and the xlf have both climbed you know at least 30 percent so far year to date really showing that those sort of areas that are, are sensitive to the economic up cycles are obviously doing well. As I say, those cyclical areas such as consumer discretionary, you know, autos, apparel, restaurants, industrial areas, energy, they're probably going to lead the market performance, um, you know, over the next couple of months for sure. These are obviously areas that are most sensitive to that sharp economic recovery and, and obviously higher bond yields at the same time. Recently as well, retailers, things like Macy's have performed really well. They're up about 53% year to date. So those sorts of areas are are areas to focus on. Um, Obviously, consumer spending is on the up. So that's why retailers are going to benefit. And of course, when these economies upcycle, there's obviously going to be pent up demand. People are saving more money and things like that. Um, travel again is another area will of course you know be in focus as and you know pent up demand again comes back to that i think airliners for me might still be a tricky one to navigate 
But I think names like Expedia that offer exposure, not just to hotels, but apartments, quirky stays, things like Airbnb, um, they'll be in focus, you know, as people want to travel, you know, even if that is domestically. I think particularly here in Australia, we are seeing a lot of domestic travel happen and we're seeing a lot of people travel in their own regions. I think that's where things like Airbnb can really come into to sort of focus. And, you know, I expect European travel won't be far off either, either, Sam, in the sense of, you know, you can look at some of those European airlines, you know, Ryanair, EasyJet, you know, that might actually um, perform pretty well over the next couple of months if we sort of start to see those um, sort of air, air routes sort of open up again. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. It would be it'd be interesting to see how it develops over the the short term and whether people in in Europe are getting on on those planes and uh, and going abroad or it yeah is those quirky stays those staycations. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see all of that. Uh, the next question I've got for you, and I can't actually quite believe I'm I'm sat here asking you this, but uh, did you did you watch Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> Look, yeah it's a it's a bit of a strange timer in the fact that you're asking that question um i i did yes um i think i want to start by saying that i'm really not sure how anybody finds that funny um that's probably the key thing the, the show is not funny at all um i think um you know look i'm not sure what everyone else's views on that are but you know i think for me um it certainly wasn't funny but it was great to see you know um you know elon musk in, in that sort of capacity though you know um you know, sort of it just sort of generalized him as, as an everyday guy you know we sort of put him on this pedestal world's richest man ceo of tesla um you know a bit of a business genius if you like and it was really nice to see him in in that capacity even as i say if the if the show wasn't even that funny so <laughs> yeah it uh it's it's it's, it's incredible I, I play football on on sundays and i had quite a few mates that were invested in dogecoin and uh yeah they weren't best pleased come sunday morning but uh that's just the the way it is um now bitcoin ethereum any thoughts at the moment yeah, look, I mean, even just today, Ethereum's gone on to sort of reach that new all-time high. Um, and what a start to the year that's had. You know, it's up around 100% at least in the last month, 2,100% in the last year. I think that DeFi has obviously been trending over the last sort of six to nine months, maybe even slightly longer. Um, you know, Ethereum, Cardano, those sorts of assets, Chainlink as well, have done sort of particularly well. I think in terms of Ethereum, that serves as a bit of the foundation for much of, of the DeFi sort of sector um, in terms of DeFi blockchain. So it's also the base for a lot of the NFTs at the moment, which is obviously, again, a really trending product. So there's sort of non-fungible tokens. Again, that's been the trend so far this year. So we're continuing to see an increase in its in its technology and you know what it can offer and, and therefore obviously driving the price obviously the 2.0 project in terms of moving to ethereum 2.0 is is still in process i think maybe a lot of investors were hoping that would move on along a little faster there's there are some pretty high gas fees at the moment as well which is um frustrating quite a lot of people in terms of um using the sort of the network itself of, of um ethereum but again that move to that proof of stake is expected to only prove that technology 
that they've um, sort of really got there. And I think overall as well, institutional investment has again increased um, with Ethereum, particularly as buyers look to sort of diversify out of Bitcoin. Um, there's obviously a clear demand for diversification away from Bitcoin. And I think a good way to sort of really gauge that um, sort of demand is it was something like Grayscale, um, obviously a huge trust um, that offers you know Bitcoin and Ethereum in the US. But again, they've added a number of new trusts in March, which were again looking to a, a lot more of the DeFi sector. So there's clearly huge demand for institutions to diversify sort of their Bitcoin holdings. So again, that's sort of you know Ethereum, and I think that's um, you know a bit of a um, a bit of the sister, if you like, to Bitcoin, a bit cheaper. Naturally, retail investors will look at Ethereum a bit of a cheaper price, maybe feel that they can own a whole coin rather than looking at, at Bitcoin. You know, I think again although that's sort of not really necessarily a fundamental sort of analysis, um, you know, more psychological for investors. And, and we can see that with things like stock splits, et cetera, that psychological impact does, does sort of happen. Um, and of course, Bitcoin, you know, that continues to be the focus, you know, of crypto. And although we are seeing that huge interest in Ethereum, Bitcoin still has, you know, a higher search rate via Google Trends and Ethereum continuing to show that it, it sort of is, is that dominant um, crypto. The price has consolidated slightly um, since uh, it sort of hit its record high of about 63,000 last couple of weeks. It's sort of consolidated slightly, but we are sort of at the moment um, about to witness an upgrade to the Bitcoin network, which is Taproot. This will be the most significant upgrade actually on Bitcoin since 2017. So, you know, we obviously spoke about inflation earlier um, and many have spoken about obviously Bitcoin being that inflation hedge. So this is probably, again, going to be a relevant conversation over the next couple of weeks. It's not been around really long enough for us to be able to sort of test it, engage it as that. Um, but it obviously will be continue to be viewed as sort of a store of value with the future. Um, and again, will continue to pop up in conversation as that inflation hedge, you know, especially right now as well. So, yeah, it's funny. You, you, we, we talked about diversification for stocks <laughs> and here it is yeah. in, in the crypto space, people diversifying potentially out of, of Bitcoin. And yeah, like you said, Ethereum has had a insane start to the year. Um, I was speaking to, to a few of my, my friends who have been in, in crypto for quite some time and they feel like there could be a bit of a correction potentially this year. And look, you know, as well as I do that, it's very hard to predict these things, but when they do happen, if they do happen, they can come down quite quickly. Uh, is there anything in particular you think could be the cause of this if it was to happen there's obviously no guarantee it does but if it was anything you would uh, be wanting to keep an eye on yeah look i think obviously as you mentioned the crypto market as we know is obviously high risk so it's always good to sort of err on that side of caution i think lots of investors are obviously going to be wary and we're not going to want to see a repeat of, of 2018 you know where we hit record highs and, and obviously came off of that pretty extravagantly um i think what's key to note with that is that the crypto you know, industry and the crypto space has matured a lot in the last three years. And that institutional interest is obviously key, you know, Tesla, Square, MicroStrategy, Visa, um, the bank adoptions, you know, I think is obviously really, really key. I think though, in terms of if we're going to look at why are we seeing, um, you know, a drop off, what's causing that, um, you know, sustained moves, Thing we also need to be cautious of, you know, the so-called whales, you know, with with such an open network. If say, you know, Tesla, MicroStrategy, etc., sell, it could send quite a few shockwaves through the market. You know, not necessarily this year, but at the end of last year, 
you know, we saw quite a lot of um, you know, large sales of crypto and especially Bitcoin, which actually rocked the price a little bit. So I think if we see a continuous trend from, again, we talk about, you know, um, Kathy Wood with ARK Invest, somebody who's got huge investment via the Grayscale Trust. So if we see sell-offs from those sorts of areas, people will ask questions and then retail investors will start to question, you know, if, why are they holding it and, and things like that. So that could come into, into question. Although, Another area I think we could look at regulation. Um, I think although we welcome regulation absolutely with crypto, this could, of course, affect the price, especially depending on the capacity in which it's introduced. I think in that sort of same sense, um, you know, especially with with that regulation, with the new SEC chairman, um, you know, I think we're in a better place now. Um, you know, Greg Sensor is, you know, is actually somebody who, you know, essentially has a you know better view on crypto um, than probably any other SEC chairman that has gone before. Um, so I think that is obviously positive for, for crypto. You know, he actually used to run blockchain um, classes at his at his um, university. So again, it, you know, we've got ETFs outstanding. So I think that could be a positive. I think those would be the main sort of catalysts. We could also look at things like mining when crypto sort of fell off of its record high the other day, especially Bitcoin. Um, one of the main catalysts was due to um, the hash rate dropping, which was um, again rumored to be due to to um, actually a, a coal mine being flooded in China, which stopped uh, the actual capacity of, of hash rates, um, you know, on Bitcoin. So things like that could obviously affect it. I'm not sure that will be a catalyst between sustained moves lower, but I think really now it's unlikely we're going to see a sort of a huge drop. But I think the, those sort of areas I've mentioned could be sort of key catalysts, really. Yeah, it's such a, a, a fascinating subject, and I'm, you know, really looking to sort of get into it more now than ever. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I think the the regulation thing is is something to keep an eye on. But all those other points are are, are fantastic. Um, last thing for us to to cover today. Um, obviously, the inflation number is coming out later. But you, I, I know you mentioned uh, about Airbnb earlier i believe they have some earnings coming out next week oh, or this week i should should mention it and disney too is that right yeah that's right yeah so look i mean it's been a, a pretty strong earnings season so far um you know we've seen some massive earnings from you know amazon google facebook etc um so yeah this week we've, we've got a few earnings i think airbnb you know personally i think it's got a great future ahead of it um obviously it's felt the impact of that sort of tech sell-off recently despite being a travel stock you know i think obviously it came in with a pretty high valuation to market than what what a lot of people expected anyway um again we chatted about that sort of domestic travel aspect and i think this will be important for them you know strong earnings will sort of really provide that support moving forward and we can look at expedia's Expedia's strong earnings that came out last week for a bit of guidance as well. I think we will see more and more people use Airbnb for travel. You know, as we mentioned, quirkier stays, um, you know, and it's also a great opportunity for house owners to receive an income at the same time. So adding hosts, I think, will be a key thing to watch for Airbnb in this earnings report. You know, without sort of people adding their homes, you know, it's it's it won't be you know, Airbnb as such won't be able to grow. So that's a key number for, for sort of investors to watch this week. And of course, yeah, Disney as well. That's had a pretty strong six months. Uh, vaccines have started to roll out globally, meaning they've been able to open the doors, you know, um, in, in a much higher capacity than what they have done since COVID. 
obviously been buoyed as well slightly with Disney Plus, which is is really starting to take off and compete against Netflix in that sort of streaming space. It is obviously still sort of quite fresh as well. So the Disney Disney Plus numbers will obviously be interesting. You know, especially after we saw weak numbers from Netflix uh, from its earnings report earlier this quarter. And they also provided pretty low guidance for the next. So those numbers will be key to see if they're sort of still growing in that section. But yeah, you know, COVID restrictions obviously are easing at parks for, for Disney. Um, and, you know, that will see an increase in foot traffic, which we can expect to, to hopefully correlate to, to, you know, a higher revenue growth for the month as well. So yeah, two really interesting names. And we also do have, you know, Alibaba, um, which is coming at the end of the week as well. And, they've been under the limelight recently as well um so yeah a couple of interesting earnings to watch uh, towards the end of the week fantastic thank you very much josh i think the the word of the podcast is quirky that's what i'm going <laughs> with <laughs> uh, but look, thank you very much for for coming on and thanks for listening guys to the podcast you can learn more about the markets by visiting our etoro trading school we'll be back next week for our next podcast thanks a lot thanks guys have a great rest of the week and we'll see you soon You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.